When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Everyone deserves a chance in the driver's seat. For GM and Revolt, that means leading the way on the road to an all-electric future and envisioning a world with zero crashes, zero tailpipe emissions, and zero congestion. GM's committed to making EVs accessible for everybody. That means you too. So what are you waiting for? GM's got the keys. You grab the wheel. Learn more about an all-electric future and the 000 initiative at GM.com. GM, everybody in. Today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gonna break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste something food on place. Fumbled the bag, I still ain't got that disappointment to shake. So now I'm trying to double up on every dollar I make. Money don't buy you happiness, it sure don't take it away. I'm smiling hard as hell, every time I step in the bank. We can't be making reckless moves, cause there's so much at stake. When you got some shit to lose, your decisions gon' change Cause every action got a consequence Consider your ways Hardest thing to do in life Is elevate through your pain I can relate to feeling like Your life is stuck in the face Give an effort but results Just keep remaining the same Have some patience with yourself Shit ain't as bad as you claim I seen the homeless nigga smile While he was standing in rain It's all about perspective Chillin', catching blessings, and cryptocurrency been busting, and I'm well invested. She know that if she rock with me, then she gon' stay protected. Cause even when this shit get hectic, I ain't never stressing. I'm legend. I woke up feeling wealthy today. My bank account might not agree, but hey, that shit on the way. Me and my niggas laying brick on top of brick till we straight. If you the type that play the victim, you can't come in my space. You know this game ain't for the weak, it's hard to carry this weight. I keep my balance through the ups and downs, I'm never gon' break. You feel the purpose in my spirit when you look in my face. Cause this ain't a second, I can waste, I'm putting food on place. Yeah. What's good, everybody? Your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Blackwell Renaissance crew, here live in H-Town, season four, uh, last edition of the H-Town edition. You know how it's coming. You know how we doing. H-Town. We have to bring back another guest that uh, we H-Town already had. Uh, H-Town legend. Uh, uh. Hey, <laughs> the Uncle BWR kicking game and giving people everything they need to know about real estate, man. But before we get into everything, fellas, how y'all feeling? Feeling good, man. I'm feeling I've been, good. I've been excited about H Town, man. We had a great time, great guests, right. great energy. H Town been treating us right. Hell yeah, man! Having some good food Welcome out here to the too. H. <laughs> oh, yeah. Appreciate it. Grubs and the vibes on Point the H for sure. Yeah. Next time, we going to hit somebody up before we book an Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> that talk from this We're trip. Tap in with your people, man. We're going to take care of you. It's a lesson in that. <laughs> we got the network, but we thought we could just book it by ourselves. Hey, listen, tap in with your people because yeah. they got a lot of people that know way more than we do about anything. Yes, but, sir. 
With that being said, man, yeah, yeah, we'll be able to get this podcast rolling. We got our man, Mr. Tyrone McDaniel. Tyron McDaniel, I'm sorry, I didn't mess no, up the name, dog. After the Tyron tea, bro, McDaniel. we good, dog. Dog, What it do, all that, we good. <laughs> if you haven't been listening to the podcast, he was on an uh, earlier episode of it. And uh, like David said, he's hey, a real, yeah, real estate extraordinaire. And he really mm-hmm. just ran down like game, how to find you some good contractors, how to get things done. But the projects that he's been working on since the last time we talked to him, they just been wild. Mm, crazy. Been mm-hmm. in the game for what, 17 years now. Yes, so man, ain't, yeah. ain't no bullshit, ain't no fluff. So we just want to say welcome back to the show. Huh? Appreciate you having me, no man. Problem. For sure, for sure. For sure. It's a pleasure to be here, man. It's always great having you on the show because OG come with that energy like he'll teach you some shit about building some homes and then he'll bust your head and some bones on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's a blessing though, man. It's good. Thank so, you. For anybody who hasn't listened to the podcast before, can you just give us a brief synopsis? Who are you and like, how'd you even get into the game? Man, I was probably like a lot of people that's, you know, going to watch this podcast. I saw, was exposed to, you know, infomercials, things of that nature. Uh, saw people that said you could invest in houses. And I just felt like if they could do it, I could do it. And so bought courses, tapes, stuff like that. And ultimately met a buddy of mine and I became a loan officer because he wanted to own a mortgage company. So that was what really got me into the space. I'd always wanted to do it. And I felt like when I met when opportunity, I was presented with an opportunity as a proper way to phrase it. And I took advantage of it. So for me, initially, I became a lender which helped me learn the finance side so that I could get to some of the cool stuff we do now. That's dope. That's dope. So one of the first questions I want to ask you is we've seen like, you know, what you've been doing, like how do you scout out and find some of your properties? What you using? Like wholesalers? Do you have a certain, you know, criteria? I see you on Twitter. You're like, I like them ugly joints. Like, give me me that one. And then you turn around, you make it. You You freak it out. Your lines be crazy. Like modern, ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, the way I source most of my projects, I always believe in you got to figure out what your advantage is going to be. You know, and so to me, I like to study an area. I think in any kind of business, you got to figure out a market. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I look for inefficiencies in a market which to me, that's an opportunity. So what I found is in the hood, there were three types of properties, dilapidated properties that were either falling down, there were vacant lots, and then there's functionally obsolete houses. So it's a three bedroom, one bath, or four bedroom, one bath, or two bedroom, one bath, that's 500 square feet. So there's something weird about them that makes them not able to function how people need houses to function. So over a period of time, my buy box became, I'll buy any old house that you'll sell me for land value. Mm. Because that means the structure, in essence, is free. And major cities like Houston, you can't get a permit to build a new house in a month. It takes three, four, five months. You can get a permit in a day or two, a week at the most, to renovate a house. Mm. So you got three to four months of lead time that you lose if you're building a new house versus if you're renovating an old house. Now, old house is more difficult. It's a bigger headache. But it's also 90 days of time that you save yourself in. We all know time is money. And so most of us are using leverage to do real estate. So mm-hmm. let's quantify it. So if, let's just say your mortgage is $60 a day and interest is what you're paying to the lender to have that capital. Well, you know, $60 a day is what, $1,800 a month. Mm-hmm. So 90 days is 5400 bucks. Mm-hmm. That can make or break a project. Mm, that's facts. You know, so that was why I started to look for old houses. And so getting to where they start to come from. I buy off the MLS, I buy from agents, and I buy from wholesalers. 
I'm not one of those people that believe you can't buy off the MLS or you can't buy from wholesalers. Most people don't know how to negotiate. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know how to negotiate, then you think <laughs> that you can't buy from these people. So I see the designs. Where do you get some of these ideas from? Are you working with an architect? You got a team of architects? Are you just be watching? Are you the architect? Ironically, I took drafting in middle school for a year, but I'm not an architect. I'm really self-taught from a design perspective, so I don't have a degree in any of the stuff we do. I have architects that work with, so I have my own design firm, Urban Vintage Design. So there are architects that work for us that help us execute our projects. But really me doing design, to answer your first question, I'm always looking is what I tell people. So we went to New York. My son had never been, so I went to New York. We took him to New York. But my reason for going is I'm going to go study real estate. Mm -hmm. I'll be in New Orleans next week, Saturday. Well, yeah, I got... A meeting there, you know, I got a project in Baton Rouge that I'm going to meet on Friday, but Saturday, I'm just walking through the French Quarter taking pictures. When I'm in Baton Rouge, there's a community in Lafayette that's <clears> built on, uh, I forget one? what it's What's called, one? but the last time I was there, I saw it and I didn't get to walk it. I got to drive through it. Well, something that I saw in one of those houses, I'm using on a house we're going to build an acres home, which is not far from where you guys are right now. So yeah, I'm so always looking anywhere I go, I'm taking pictures, I'm walking around. This is funny. It's worth it's podcast worthy. So my wife's from Kansas City. So we went to her brother's wedding and it was at this brand new development in their event. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Friend of Songs. And I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. As soon as the guy said, we do, they walk down, everybody go to eat, boom, I'm walking around the neighborhood taking pictures. Because I'm always looking. So they eating, drinking. I'm around the neighborhood doing a live, taking photos. And I saw a particular design that we're going to use on a project that we're right now getting the land replatted. Mm. So I'm always looking for ideas. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. All the time, I was searching architecture in Austria and Scandinavia because I wanted to create a modern version of a brownstone because mm -hmm. we can't build with just a stone and mortar because it's way more expensive. Mm -hmm. So now I got to figure out how to do it with hardy plank and some other type of facade that's less expensive because we focus on affordable housing. So I take concepts from houses that are six, seven hundred thousand dollars and figure out how do I use that in a two hundred thousand dollar house. Mm. So mm. that's really my biggest strategy. I find a muse that's way more expensive than what I, my house is 250. Okay, let me go fall in love with an $850,000 house. And I'm going to take two elements that are going to be so dominant that it grabs your attention mm. and put it in this house. Mm. Mm. So that's, that's how you're taking these old homes and like renovating them and making them look like something new and modern. Exactly. It's a fusion. So the reason our company is Houston Vintage Homes is because always draw inspiration from what's already there. You know, I asked myself, what did the original architect or designer had in mind when they built the structure? The only problem is this house doesn't operate 
like it should in today's world. So I'm going to bring the modern stuff, but I'm going to fuse it with what's there that's vintage that's still dope. There's a lot of old stuff that's still dope. Mm -hmm. So let's keep the stuff that's dope, take everything that isn't, and now add some new dopeness to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's a fusion of new and old. I got a question with it. So you said that like your focus is primarily affordable housing, right? Mm -hmm. And you're taking sometimes, you know, kind of dilapidated homes and taking them and making them modern, making them nice, taking, like you said, the nice elements from these 200,000, 800,000, whatever dollar homes and bringing it to the more or less to the hood. Yeah, exactly. How are you doing this and still keeping it affordable? Because some people are going to hear this and be like, there's no way that's possible. Like, you got to be a slumlord to, to make money, right? Right. Well, you can do good doing good, number one. Mm. Um, so that's like the first that. concept, you know. The second concept is, you know, a lot of times it means that we'll make less to deliver a product. I mean, if I'm honest with you, I can shoot straight on BWR. The reality of the sure. matter why I tell people is this. Affordable housing means you're willing to accept less to deliver a quality product. Mm. That's real. Now, something that Ian said previously I heard and that was impactful to me, but I can appreciate and I'm going to say it a different way is most of us aren't self-aware. See, most mm -hmm. of us think we're money motivated, which is the connection to the previous conversation. My life changed when I figured out I wasn't money motivated. Mm -hmm. I'm not motivated by money. I'm motivated by impact and touching people and creating something that's going to outlast me because I lost people early in my life. When you lose people, it causes you to value certain things in life. And so what do I have from those people that I lost? The memories that we had, the experiences mm -hmm. that we created around that relationship. My canvas to express that is real estate in my hood, and other hoods that I have an affinity for that are like Fifth Ward, Third Ward, Sunnyside, all around America. I kind of wanted to get into that. Is a lot of your investments in Fifth Ward? Yeah, because that's my neighborhood. You know, I used to dream about owning houses in my neighborhood. The mission of my company is to reshape the face of inner city America one home at a time. But it started with reshaping the face of my neighborhood one home at a time. That's, um, that's real. And yeah. so I focus on neighborhoods that are like mine because, and you didn't ask this question, but I want to express it or convey it. To me, I ask myself, going back to the market and studying and analyzing the market, what is my strategic advantage? See, there are certain parts of Houston where I walk looking just like I look right now and somebody's looking a little antsy. There's other parts of the city where I walk like this and say, hey, what's happening? What's up, Kim Folk? All right, I see you over that school. You know what I mean? And so why would I go to the area where I'm looked at awkwardly versus going to the area where I'm embraced and now figure mm -hmm. out how to be successful where I'm going to embrace that? Plus, you know the area. Plus, you've lived there, so you know who's lived in this house, who mm -hmm. used to live in this house. Mm -hmm. You know the area that you're investing in. I think that's very, very important. Most certainly. And what happens is to knowing our areas is now you have context. Okay? Mm -hmm. So if you find a deal in the area you're not familiar with, now you have to rely on other people to give you data yep. and their interpretation of that data to make a decision. But if you're from that area, even outside of the data, you have a context that the data can't convey. Mm -hmm. So you remember when this restaurant used to be there or this yep. used to be there, you know that they just tore the school down. Nobody else knew it or very few mm -hmm. people know it or it's getting torn down and redeveloped, but they hadn't put the sign out yet because that's your hood. You be around, you still got homies or people that you in tune with, you find out little stuff like that. So we know all this type of stuff about our area. This is the, what's funny. People will look at progress and stuff and they say, oh man, other people are coming in doing X. I remember I used to tell Everybody knew, but what did we do? You know, right. one of my biggest mantras is don't tell me your opinion. Show it to me in action. Have something more than opinion. You know what I mean? 
So I'm sorry, I, I kind of digressed there, but yeah. <laughs> no, I really appreciate that. I, I really appreciate that though, because that's the point. Like I try to even make with people in conversation about different stuff like that. Like I'll talk to them about like, okay, my interest is financial literacy, educating people on that and helping people with it. All right, how do you see that within the actions? Well, this podcast right here, you exactly. know, the brand and the platform that exactly. we built, the advice and the help that we give to people. But it's like somebody might be, you know, you feel very strongly about this particular right. topic. Have you ever done anything to help with right. that? You know, you care all in the world about homelessness when it comes to talking about Jeff Bezos one, paying his taxes. Right. But have you ever went to a soup kitchen? You have you ever donated anything? Have you ever <laughs> went to a drive? Yeah. What, do you really care? Or do you like to sound like you care? You know what I mean? Because you think it makes it you sound good. like a good person. Yeah, it sounds Facts. good. Word. And, you know, my mama told me, bro, set lips will tell you anything. Mm. I mean, so I'm not interested in what your lips doing. I'm looking at your feet and your hands. You know what I'm saying? What actions are you taking? You know, the only reason we're here is because you guys are taking action, create a platform. Then you reached out and said, hey, yo, this is what we're doing. I came out and supported, but you would have never reached out to me if I didn't have some type of body of work. Exactly. You know what I mean? So that's a testament to what we're talking about is opinion is just something in your head. It's what you do with that. How do you actualize that? What kind of, to me... Certain stuff isn't worth the breath that it says for us to say it. Mm. Because if there's no financial investment or energy investment behind what you just said, what do you have? Just like we were talking earlier, courses and tapes and materials and stuff like that. It's not that education is bad. Nothing's wrong with none of the courses or content. Mm -hmm. It's what are you really going to do with this information once you get it? It's only knowledge and it'll stay knowledge until execution happens. Then and only then does it become wisdom. Mm. I've done it before. Oh, that's, that's true. And that's how you gain wisdom. That's a bar. Through the execution. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, it's the lessons you learn. You know, I tell people I'm not successful because of anything I drive, wear, built, and or done. I'm successful because success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal goal. You're successful because you're continuing to go after your goals and the things that truly drive you. Another point we talked about earlier that truly speak on in depth is understanding what motivates you. So bringing it back to my neighborhood and things of that nature, there are other areas. Yes, I had an advantage in my neighborhood because I'm from it and other neighborhoods like it. But the reality of the matter is I can make more money doing what I do in other areas. Mm -hmm. So now there's a conscious decision that has to be made. Mm -hmm. And what made it easy for me to do what I do the way I do it is I figured out I'm not motivated by the money. You care about what's going on. See, I like when I walk into the store and he said, what's up, buy back the block. Uh, That's what the little homie called me in my neighborhood. One of the little homies that I see is on one track and did one day see me hopping in the truck with some material in the back. And he said, man, they told me you buy houses. Oh, yeah. Well, how you do that? He started inquiring. Mm, See, that to me means way more than an extra 10 grand on a house. Because you're making that. You're putting it in their face and helping plant that seed that's getting them to work Uh, and like really want to take action. Because like you said, the little homie asking who knows two years down the line, might buy a first property man, in the same neighborhood. Listen, when I wanted to get into real estate, it was one of the OGs from my neighborhood, a dude named Anthony Frank. I used to drive to his project and just watch him. He led me. I asked him, just that and third, how'd this go? Do this, do this, do this. This is what's happening to you. So just like he did that for me, that's part of my duty. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, you know, these aren't brand new concepts. It's just, you know, I've always been a person that felt like if it's up to me, it's up to me. You know what I'm saying? If I really want to see something, like there's no shortage of people 
today to tell me, man, I remember you told me this was going to happen. Yeah, we, well, what did we do about it? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm on the do side of things. And so, yeah, man. I've got yeah. a two-part question. I consider you an OG in the game. I'm sure Appreciate you Appreciate it. Thank you. How has real estate changed since you started? And then my next question is, where is it going? Sure. So in my experience, real estate has changed because, see, there wasn't a podcast when I was trying to. See, it's easy now. Mm. It's just like, you know, well, I don't want to keep referencing the previous things. I don't know what the, <laughs> how the protocol is for oh, that. No, but neither say it's cool. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, like I posted about a, con- for instance, I post something and a person will say, what is so-and-so? To me, the same energy is Google. Yeah, you just yeah. ask me what is an X. You can do the you exact, can do exact same, same thing shit. And Google, and it'll right. Tell or you. you know, y'all get DMs all the time. Hey, how do I start a podcast? But yes, Google. But Actually, then you can the click a link in the same profile they found you. Well, we got a course. And, and use your money as a tool to open a door that that DM can't. Mm. Why? That because part. you're busy. So again, you got to analyze the market. So if I see a successful person. I'm not in your DM. Why? Because everybody's in your DM. And they're all asking the same thing. Right. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go and engage in your content. And if you engage, right? If you don't engage, you got a product. Okay, let me buy your product. I will be back in Louisiana. The reason why I'm in Louisiana is because a person had a product that I never met and I bought it just because they're a person and I want to support them. I never talked to them. I ain't say, hey, I bought it. No, all I did is posted it and said, this is dope. I just bought it and other people bought it. Now, I never even made contact with the person outside of supporting their product. They say, hey, come to our city and speak. They had me come in that city and speak. Now I'm going to design a project in that same city because of a person I connected with in the room after the back that I'd already knew we had talked, had never met. So once we met, chopped it up, boom. It took me. So somebody will see me doing it. So I'm in New Orleans in Baton Rouge. Be like, how'd that happen? This $50 course I bought. Mm-hmm. It took. You know what I'm saying? I didn't DM and say, hey, this, that, and the third. You know what I'm saying? Most people that are DMing anyone, all the content that they're looking for is already on the timeline. That's the other thing. Like that a person part. would DM, you but hadn't engaged in none of your content. Yep. Ain't even go scroll through the page. Right. But you're asking me a question we've already answered on the timeline. You know, so I'm not saying don't DM people. I'm saying lead with value. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that person has enough knowledge that you value for you to DM them and they have a product, why wouldn't you buy it first? Then to me now, sowing and reaping is a principle you can't, you know, it doesn't matter it's if you law. believe in it. It's yeah. laws of, it's it just laws of the universe. <laughs> right. It's a law. Exactly. So why not sow first so that now you put the onus on the universe and whatever you believe controls how things work to make the return come back, mm-hmm. you know. Can't skip past them type of principles. But I do <laughs> want to expound on that, son, like, especially like with black people. I feel like I get on this every time. But I think niggas really don't like paying for knowledge, bro. Like, they we don't. really think it should be free. It should be free. Why, like, why, why should I pay for this? And this is just kind of one of my personal beliefs. I think it's rooted in, uh, like, self-hate. Kind of some of the stuff we were talking about with Ian, right? The things that we're marketed aren't things that are positive about us. So low key, we have these feelings toward one another that like, why would I pay this? Why nigga would I go pay t- this nigga? Why <laughs> would I pay him? Cause like the same shit, like how my dad always told me, like we'll think the white man ice colder. Were the same shit a black man can teach you, you'll pay a white man for with no remorse. <laughs> you ain't gonna ask <laughs> no, no questions. You ain't gonna complain. <laughs> you ain't got nothing red. to say about customer service. And I mean, obviously, we can get into the whole thing with black businesses and all that other shit, right? But at the end of the day, it's a self-worth thing to me. It's like, 
if you're not leading with value, like you just said, Tyron, like if you're not leading with value, do an exchange. Word. What's wrong with making an economic exchange? Because at the same time, it stimulates this person's economy. We talk about the Black Wealth Renaissance, and I know we really big on highlighting entrepreneurship and this big movement that's going on right now. But like that's another part of it that we can't pass over. Mm-hmm. Like that part of us working with each other and helping one another build by spending money with each other Word. and like really investing in each other's knowledge. Like that's so beautiful what you had mentioned with the young homie, man. Like that's the type of shit that really would, wow. that makes a difference. That's yeah. impact. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, the other benefit to why it's important to support our people without any type of connection is because that support then allows them, most of us really have a giving heart. We really do. As a culture, we're givers. What happens is we suppress that part of us. And so what happens is when you see people that are successful, the benefit to supporting these kind of individuals is because they're doing stuff that's impacting other people. So your supporting what they're doing is really perpetuating that message and more greatness, which gets to the point. Like this is a multi-pronged issues that we have to face when we start talking about culturally some of the issues that we face. There's no one solution. Mm-hmm. So we got to hit it on a whole bunch of different levels. Mm-hmm. So you guys are doing it from a media and a podcasting space. And that's mm-hmm. touching. Because now they're saying, man, damn, they only just kicking it, being real. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, and it's tight and it's dope. And people are learning and being impacted. Well, that's impacting folks. And the cool part about when you're doing things like what you guys are doing here is you can't measure the impact. Mm-hmm. That's real. Like can't you can't quantify. It. You can't tell me how many lives you touch. No. Even when they give you the strail, y'all yeah, have to tell you how many streams, streams we got. Nah, yeah, but, but see, that's, that's not impact. Don't tell you that's not impact. Yeah. See, how many times did somebody hear something that David Ballard said, and, and they on the block said, man, let me tell you what this dude said. The dude may have never found BWR. They may have never made that connection, but some you said was a gem that got carried to another cat. Like, mm-hmm. if you look at culture, that's how our history got passed down. Hey, that's real. That's real. That's can't real, measure real. it. I had a mentor say this. You can't measure the magic. You can't manage the magic. Mm. That's why impacting lives is so crucial. It's a butterfly effect. You know, I he gym. man, hey, he's always kicking that straight, straight because gym. like, and even a person like just anecdote to go with that. Like, I was chilling with my girl, and she was telling me about something that she had seen on Facebook. Long story short, this dude who had interacted with one of her posts had mentioned that basically, like, he was helping her, telling her about some different ways to enter tech. She's trying to get into being like a tech project manager, okay, cool. right? So he was giving her different resources, different stuff like that. Come to find out on some full circle stuff on what you was right. talking about. He got his entry into tech from listening to us. Wow. Been a fan That's from the crazy. podcast, been fucking with all the stuff. And then he just like, yeah, here's all this stuff. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's crazy how you will never know who you will impact or who you will touch. And how you will help maybe their career change, maybe their investment change, like Word. how you will impact their life. And then they'll even be able to pass that along Word. even further. Like, Word. it's crazy. And to me, the crazy part is, see, that one came back full circle to where you were aware of that right. impact. Think about how many times it, it did. Don't. It don't. Yeah. yeah. And right. you don't even know it happened. I knew that's what you was going. And like, I want to expound upon the other thing where you're saying, you know, just stimulating the economy, like with us having given hearts and everything. Once again, with what you said, sometimes people don't want to pay because they might be like, why am I giving this nigga money? But you don't understand, like, once you give to that mission, we're able to expound upon that yeah, mission. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put this out in the universe right now. We're hitting 10 cities this year. Yeah. We need the capital to do it. So we need support. So 
I'm a weak, straight grassroots. If you could see what's in here, like we done all of this shit ourselves. Like off so, the muscle. off the muscle. So like, if you support people that you see are actually genuine, people that's not just trying to flex on you, you're able to give to their mission so they can expound and really just explode that message or really take it to a place that you never even know. Mm-hmm. And plus, it gives back to the community because once again, like you said with little homie. You don't know what little child, what person, Work. who we might Work. be able to touch and impact Work. off of you buying the service. And plus, it's not like you just donating. You getting the product right. from yeah, it. Yeah, you right. right. I kind of want to talk on that. So let's just be real. How many DMs have we answered this year of people just asking a random question you answered from the page? I ain't going to lie. This year, oh, I haven't done it. Right. Since 2022 started? Since 2022. Like two, bro. Okay. <laughs> How many times has somebody bought our product and messaged us on Podia and been like, hey, I got oh, a question. Get right. They get priority. That's yeah, that's nice. the point. You spending dollars with us. We have more want to to, to interact with you. Right. Not only that, once you do that, you have access to us. And mm-hmm. plus, it don't just come as an Instagram. Like, that become... Hey, directly oh, who, to who, our phone. Like, like, yeah. right. Okay, let's answer that. But that's just my point is spend the dollars with us. We are more willing to help you and it's not just us, it's with everybody else, too. You know, my wife says this, and I believe it's true, but culturally, we haven't been teaching or we stopped teaching how to network. And so we don't mm-hmm. culturally now, the younger mm-hmm. generation is getting a little bit better at it because of social media. But just even still, okay, we'll meet one another, but like we still, there's still different levels of networking. I was mm-hmm. at an event that wasn't in the culture, if you will, mm-hmm. and I was blown away about how they was playing chess because all the right people was in place, but that's because they understand networking. So they say, okay, we want to do this. Oh, well, so-and-so does this. So they patronized so-and-so that opened up a relationship. Oh, what do you do? This is what I do. That's interesting. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Versus coming in there and say, hey, will you help me go over here and make 10 million? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lead with value. Wow. Right. I'm glad you even said that with the networking thing because we have put networking events together and we got a homie Will. And Will was like, you know, this is something that you can do to enhance your networking event. It's like, group them by industry. Put everybody that's in the same industry, like, color coordinator or something like that. So now, it's not just like everybody's mixing and mingling. Everybody in real estate, they got this green dot on them. So now you know, okay, everybody in real estate need to be right here. Because this roofer can connect right. with this developer mm-hmm. or if they're in like the personal finance area right. like just grouping them like that so even like you're saying yeah. how they patronize them like start really being intentional about go. what you want to do and the connections right. you want to make exactly. so I just gave y'all some free sauce if y'all want to do a <laughs> networking event yeah. but like just nah. really start to be intentional about the connections and things that you want to get done for so for so hey there ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. 
Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. So I know we just went yeah, off on a hell of a tangent, dog. I did have a question earlier too. It was actually related to the permits because you pointed out to a, get a, good, too. a good difference between them. Like 30, the, the, the way you, days, your, yeah. why your strategy is your strategy. When getting these permits and things like that, like some of the costs associated with it and like, is it multiple permits to get sure. these type of projects done or is it just like that singular permit? Gotcha. So generally it depends on the extent or the scope of the work of your renovation. So here locally, and what happens in most cities is you're going to have a general permit. So that doesn't cover any of your mechanicals. That permit covers if you're fixing windows, paint, flooring, mm-hmm. you know, roof, stuff like that. You have your mechanicals, which are your plumbing, electrical, and your HVAC, which are all three separate permits. And then you have generally you're going to have a driveway permit as well. So those are specific. Now, with the driveways, you can still do that under the general permit. But with the trades, you have to have those individuals pull a separate permit for them. And so in cities like Houston, uh, I forget what the dollar amount is, but basically per thousand dollars, it's like 10 bucks or five bucks. And so the price of your permit is tied to how much your project is. Mm -hmm. The next iteration. So that's just a basic renovation where you're making a house nice, doing plumbing, electrical, AC, foundation, roof, making nice. Then if you're doing an addition, now you're going to need plans. Or if you're taking an existing home and you're moving low bearing walls, now you need plans. So you got to pay all those fees. But in addition to that, you got to have a, someone like myself that's a designer or an architect design what you're doing. And then the engineer is going to need to stamp anything that's happening structural. So now you have the permit fees. And then in addition to that, you're going to have some soft design costs that generally are going to be somewhere between probably a dollar fifty to up to three and a half bucks a square foot, depending on the complexity of the addition. So, and when you say, you know, the permit for like a driveway, that just allows you to know what parameters you're allowed to operate in? Well, the code dictates what your parameters are. So your driveway has to be a certain width based on the code and or your community and your street. The permit is how the city generates revenues for improvements or being made basically. So they're all just like, it's damn you. like a tax. Kind of sort of like a tax, exactly. And so it's a revenue generating tool for the city. So, and it also kind of keeps people in compliance because, you know, if there's no rule in place, then people will do anything. Whatever, so, yeah, so to that's speak. true. So, as much as I like less permitting, you know, we do have to have it. My issue with permitting is cities have to become more efficient, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's a whole other conversation. Oh, way too bureaucratic. There's no reason you should have to wait 90 days. Yeah. You know, I've had this conversation with senators and mayors and individuals like that because of some of the things we're doing now. And, they, you know, I asked, of course, hey, what can we do for you? What can we do to make more developers come and do? I said, well, <laughs> you know, I'm mentoring and working with a developer right now in Mississippi. The primary reason that got me really excited is because in their city, you can get a permit in a day. I'm like, no, you got to be lying to me. Like, you understand we're building a whole new house. And they literally got the permit in a day. You shouldn't. Now, in a city like Houston, you can't have that. But we should be able to permit a new construction house in no more than 60 days. In major cities like Houston that have a deficit, especially when it gets to affordable housing and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. there should be some barometers from a time perspective that allows us to get affordable housing and smaller housing approved faster. But that's not the case. So it creates a bottleneck. It makes it harder to finance. And then there are other issues that are going to continue to exacerbate why affordable housing is an issue. So get us faster permits is what I always tell mayors and people like that. 
That's a good point that you just brought up as well. Like the power of owning real estate and doing what you're doing, like having those connections with people in politics. Uh I Uh think too often we kind of overlook the importance of local politics and things like that. Can you speak more to like how ownership has granted you those opportunities? Man, so honestly, I never saw any of, I just like old raggedy houses in the neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) I like the ugly thing. Yeah, like I love designing new houses and building those too. That's fun. But I have a Superman complex. So I see a raggedy house, I want to save it. You know what I'm saying? And so that was always been my focus. Now, the reality of the matter is real estate is one of the most impactful industries that you could be involved in. So when you renovate a house, a lot of people ate. And so by virtue of doing that over and over again, now people, if you're the mayor or not even the mayor, excuse me, if you're a council person or legislator in a certain district or something, you see, dang, well, they just took five properties that were generating the city, you know, $300 each. That's 1500 bucks. Now it's five houses over there. They're worth 200 grand in Houston. That's about $3,000 a year. So you go from getting 1500 to $15,000 oh, yeah, in tax mean, revenue. Yeah. You yeah. want to reach out and touch that person who just put $15,000 into your district. Right. So to your point, again, we can have opinion, but the way you can move stuff is by taking your opinion and putting your money behind that opinion. So once you start to have these opportunities, what I had to accept is that I have no political aspirations. It's not my space, but I had to start taking some of these meetings with these to do stuff because that's how you make certain that there's only so long I can play at the lowest level and engage how I want to engage. And you have to start opening yourself up to the governing bodies that rule the area so that that's how you can have bigger impact. Like it does mean nothing to fix a house, but the streets jacked up. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't have enough lighting. We haven't done it cohesively so that we didn't displace people. So the bigger picture is, you know, networking and making sure you allow yourself to be a tool to uh, bring good to the neighborhoods that you want to serve. And you said something about, you know, like the levels and stuff. And I kind of want to bring me, can we explain what does it look like to actually be a developer? Like, do you have to start off as a real estate agent? Do you have to start off in another part of real estate to become a developer? No, you don't. That's the cool part about the marketplace we have right now. Like there's so many developed verticals. So there's no shortage of real estate agents that work with just developers. There's no shortage of lenders that finance all types of development projects. So the money's there. The intellectual capital is there. The framework and infrastructure is already there. So it really starts with developers or people who have vision, they're creatives, and they're people that are comfortable operating in a great space, in a great area. Mm-hmm. Because you're taking land and you're buying it or you have a preliminary approval that when you go design, do X, that they're going to allow you to get a permit and build it and so on and so forth. It's important to understand what the true role you're going to fulfill as a developer is. But with that being said... You can literally create a team. Real estate's a team sport. So you have an agent who's very good at finding land based on the area you have and the criteria. You have the lenders that are development lenders. And then you have the construction team that's going to help you execute it. There are many developers that never walk their projects after one is doing construction because their vision is I'm going to take this land and develop X. I'm going to put an apartment. I'm going to put five houses, two houses, three, one, put a duplex, you know, mixed use density product. And then they put all the pieces together. That's the developer's job. And his job is to manage the manager. So you have the vision and you engage all the people that are going to execute the vision. And then you just manage that process to the end. So you don't have to be an agent, but it's good to have that knowledge base, whether you outsource it or if you have it internally, you can probably make decisions quicker. You know what I'm saying? If you learned lending, 
Like for me, I wanted to learn those verticals so that now that's a skill set I have in-house and now I can turn around and monetize it going back to the multiple streams of income that you have to have. But if you have the money, the capital and or the vision and the guts to stand behind what you dream, you can just start at the top of the food chain as well. I was just going to ask, like, ideally or in general, what would that number kind of look like? And I know it would change based on like by the place and certain things like that. But like, what would that number look like if somebody wanted to come in straight to develop? Okay, let's take. So in this area where we're at right now, to use this as a primary context, and it would be most impactful for you guys because you've been around. We can buy a lot around here for somewhere between. Eighty to a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. On that lot, we can build a duplex that's going to be a three bedroom, two bath. That'll be about rough. And let's just make it affordable. So we're going to do one that's twelve hundred fifty square feet each unit. So it's twenty five hundred square feet right now in Houston. You know, we're probably penciling stuff at about ninety bucks a square. So twenty five hundred square foot at ninety bucks a square is one eighty forty five. So it's two and a quarter. So you're in it for two. So let's say. Sub family. Hope you've been enjoying the show. I have a serious question for all my entrepreneurs real quick. Is your business moving forward or is it stagnant? Don't you want to know how to get more clients, how to build better infrastructure, how to dominate in your industry? Well, you need to be at the 10th annual Run Business Conference in Dallas, Texas on July 16th. Run Business Conference will have experts teaching on trucking and logistics, government contracts, real estate, finance, credit, business automation, and so much more. Man, look, fam, y'all got to get ready to run. Get ready to run your life, run your business, and run up this bag. You're only one contract away from changing the trajectory of your business. Link is in the description to get tickets. Let's run it. Run Conference 2022. You paid 100 So you in it for 325 It's worth about 380 Okay. So you making... Roughly. Making about 55 Yeah. I mean, those are probably over here is probably worth more like 400 really. So, yeah, you got about 75 to 80 minus your carrying cost, which 90 to 100 gives you a little bit of margin for carrying costs and some overages. But, yeah, again, that's not a home run. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you're not. Most people think you make way more money. Well, I mean, that's still a salary. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's why people do. That's why you see developers do buy a lot and do 10 or 20, mm-hmm. because with the amount of time and work and effort to just build one. Then you're not making as much money as you may like to make in that scenario, mm-hmm. which goes back to affordable housing. And mm-hmm. one of the first things I said is you're making a conscious decision to make less. Make less to rent. That's why there's a lack of it. Because in a market like this, why would I go build a house and make seventy grand if I can go make one fifty? Mm-hmm. When I know, that I just put that. it in different area. Over here, it's affordable. Exact same house in this other area. One or two, three different things change. Now it's worth you know way more. So. So if I'm a young developer trying to get into the game, what is the biggest advice you could probably give me? I would say the cliche basic answer would be to, you know, educate yourself on the space. What I would do is to me, I'm big on understanding a market. Like what most of us want to do is try and figure out five or six different areas. One of the most powerful forces is the laser. Why? Because all its energy is concentrated in a space. So I would say go figure out an area that you want to build and develop because see, If you're a developer, the lot that you find today, you're not turning dirt for, in most cases, six to nine months to a year, depending on the size of the project. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand what's going on in that area or you get into another issue that I don't hear a lot of people talk about, which is what we call risk mitigation or the stress associated with investing. So Ian talked about peace. 
like it does you no good to make 50 60 grand if you land on side of you know if you can't even go to sleep or you know you with your spouse or your partner or whatever you can't even enjoy them because you're thinking about this deal or this project because you're stressed about the money that you're either not going to make or you're scared of losing so when you are an expert on an area it helps you now make decisions and manage the project minus stress so i would say focus on an area don't try and focus on the whole city. Focus on an area where you have a strategic advantage. And when you focus, now it makes it easier for you to learn all the data you need. Now it makes it easier for you to make the proper connections because you can want to build something. And depending on where you want to build it, there may be some opposition, which may mean that either you start networking to put yourself in a position where the opposition would like or what your project would come to pass. Or you go to an area like, for instance, if you do your research, you figure out areas where there's no D restriction, there's no HOA. Guess what? There is no opposition. So why go over here and fight this battle when I can go over here and it's carte blanche? I can do almost whatever is permissible. So that's the beauty of knowing an area, studying an area. I have someone I'm working with right now that has a project and they wanted to build two duplexes. Only problem is in this neighborhood, they will only let you have a single family house. And it's not like it's some great area, but this is just some rule that they put in place 50, 60, 80 years ago. And, but they didn't know that before they bought it. So now what can they do? Jeez. Damn. So now they whole numbers thrown up, huh? Exactly. So where do you find that type of information like before you buy the lot? Sure. So the first thing, you know, again, if you're not an agent, you want to work with a good agent. And so it depends on where you're sourcing a property. If you're sourcing it through the MLS, it's generally going to list whether it has an HOA and what type of restrictions they are. But what supersedes that, I always tell all new developers, and this is something I could answer to your question, go down to your city permitting and planning department. Mm. Go introduce yourself. Go down there and shake hands, kiss babies. Hey, how you doing? I'm so-and-so. I'm interested in being a developer in this area. That is the cheat code that most people, if you're watching this podcast right now, you want to build or develop houses. I challenge you to go to your local city and go and introduce yourself to whoever handles planning and permitting in your city. Those people will give you literally millions of dollars worth of gain for free. Gems. That makes sense. It makes perfect sense because once again, we live in this digital age. We live in this era where people kind of forget that, like, old school shit still work. Like, shit worked like this way for a long time. Yeah, like, for a reason. reason. Like, like, like business was done this way for centuries yeah. before. And, like, we think that now because we have computers and information and Google that it's always the better option, but you can never, nah. ever discount the power nah. of having the right people in your corner. Nah. Yeah. Like, you shooting an email over, okay, I wanted to learn all of the city of Houston's criteria around green building and energy efficiency. I could have shot the guy email. I went down. This man, now guess what? He's a fanatic about what? Green building. Why is his job? So I go and ask open-ended questions. I had this real simple principle I employ. It's an acronym called SEDUSTIN. It's the S-U-T-N. Sit down, shut up, take notes. When I'm around people who had a knowledge, the wisdom, the insight I desire, all I'm doing is asking open-ended questions. I don't ask questions that you can answer yes or no. I ask questions where you got a filibuster for four or five minutes. When you taper off, I ask another open-ended question. So I go down to the city. I say, hey, I'm a builder, but I don't know nothing because that's my strategy. I don't know anything, but this is what I want to do. Tell me what our city does by green building. Hour and a half. I got pages of notes. This guy told me, oh, you want your house to be energy efficient without spending a whole bunch of money? Just do these five things. Put this in your house. One, two, three, four, five. And now your house is 
30 to 40% more efficient than the next builder that builds a house that looks just like yours. They got all that same stuff, but he didn't pick these things and it didn't cost me more money. Wow. Just, just rattling out. And I'm saying this is his job to do that. Every city has a guy or a person <laughs> and multiple people in case that their sole job is to help the city grow. Like in major cities, like in Houston, we have what they call planner for the day. So let's say you find some land. You don't know what can be done there. You can go down to the city and they'll tell you this is what the code says. So you didn't have to have an agent. You had to spend $20,000 for a course. You just go down to the person who actually go to the source, you know, and so go down to your city like it's a wellspring information. Mm. Can't impress that enough. I kind of want to ask about performance as well, because sure. is that something that developers need? Most certainly. Break, break that down to it? The math has to math. <laughs> <laughs> like, the math has to math. So, performance, you know, really, so you have your budget. So, that's what it costs to do. That's what it costs to build it. Mm-hmm. But then the performer gets into, you know, the holding costs associated with it and all the other ancillary costs that are going to happen from the moment you say, hey, this is what I want to do to, okay, we've sold this property. To me, I'm a big fan of finding someone who's already doing what I want to do at a high level and then investing whatever I need to get into their space so that I can leverage their knowledge base. And so when it comes to the math, especially when you start getting to the minutia of the math, this is where it becomes critical. Like you need somebody to give you their template. You know what I'm saying? And so put yourself in a position where you have someone that's literally going to say, hey, listen, this is how I project out. Like, for instance, in our projects, it's like, especially, well, on new construction and renovation, we always front load our budget. Mm-hmm. Why? Because that's when you're going to find most of your issues. If it's an old raggedy house, it's when we're demoing and tearing all the walls out that we find all these oops, these surprises. Mm-hmm. So we have to front load the budget. What I mean by that is we have to pad the budget on the front side to make sure we can cover those oops. Same thing with new construction. And when you're just getting started on a new construction project, you have theft issues at all times, but sometimes those theft issues are more exacerbated in the beginning because you got $10,000 worth of wood or $50,000 worth of wood just sitting there. Guys mm-hmm. pull up on a truck yeah. and get it. So you got to patch your projects on both of those in the front. Um, most people don't include in their budgets, which goes into the forma, the amount of time that you know they're going to hold the property, what their true holding costs are going to be, factoring in theft. Most of us aren't going to file an insurance mm-hmm. claim. <laughs> so you need to add in extra money in the budget for theft. So a pro form is critical because it's going to give you a true picture of what their project should do, but you generally never hit them. <laughs> that's now, the life component. You know what I'm saying? And I've heard that's the sneaky one. Those holding costs, that's the one that always catch people slipping. I mean, man, you'll have projects. You have a project right now, like literally because of the kind of foundation it was, it's like it took us a couple months to do the foundation because literally every day it was raining in Houston. And what's uh. weird about Houston, it'll be raining over here just enough for us not have to work. But you go 10 minutes another direction, it's not even raining. So right, right. it wasn't what raining the at the site that day. It was just raining at the yeah. house. So they ain't work. The oh, next day it was raining. Man. They get out yeah. to the site. Did it start raining the day they come out? So there's always some elements to these projects that you're doing where you can't control time. So that's why buying a property right. When we say buy right, this goes back to becoming an expert in the area, which you asked about. Because when you buy right, when you're an expert in the area, you know the area. Now you know what buying right means. You know mm-hmm. what the right number is to pay for that property, which now helps you because most people come into development with rosy color, rose colored <laughs> glasses or eyes. They think mm-hmm. all this stuff works. Or they come to real estate investing, they think everything's supposed to work wrong. Real estate's a problem solving business. Your mm-hmm. whole job is to solve issues. The only reason you were able to buy the house is because the person had an issue 
which made them say this hundred thousand dollar asset, I'm accept fifty four. So you think you're gonna come in and fix that and solve that issue without facing issues? Mm -mm. Wrong. (laughs) So your mindset has to be. I'm got to go out here and solve all these problems. I had a theft, and somebody said, "Well, how do you solve it? <laughs> Keep buying more houses and making the neighborhood nicer." There is no solution to people breaking in. They're gonna do that. Yeah, thefts a part of the game. You're gonna have break-ins. It's gonna happen. Account for it. It's gonna happen, bro. It's inevitable. You know what I'm saying? You don't want it to happen. You know, we have cameras. You know, one of my buddies. Every time somebody breaks in, like he got cameras, he can see them. He talk, "Hey, get out of my house." Well, well, I'm gonna take this stuff before I get out. I right? get sixty dollars worth of wire for you and them laws get here. People walk into banks, bro. Like, so yeah, what right. they, they go they come to your house, house. Like, yeah. they fainting. You know what I'm saying? When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, "This is ludicrous." But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim. Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. You ain't never learned on that. It is what it is. That's fair. About how long does it typically take for you for one of your projects? Whenever you're doing like one of the lapidated homes. Yeah, the houses are really 90 to 120 days. Okay. You know, I'd love for them to be shorter. So everybody has what they're great at. I'm not the most efficient builder. Efficiency and speed, that's not my space. Mm-hmm. That's not my strength. I'm not necessarily slow, but I'm just like, we have a culture, so to speak. Like, I'm not on my guys like a slave driver. Mm-hmm. See, I care about the guys doing the work. So I have one of my guys, I know every week he's going to miss one day. Might be Tuesday, it might be Thursday, it might be Wednesday. He's going to miss a day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could fire him, but guess how hard it is to replace guys with 30 years experience to do what he do? You see what I'm saying? So I'd rather take because I know what I'm getting. So Mm -hmm. I'd rather work now. If my wife were running that, she'd fire him because it would make her mad. Okay, he was off on Tuesday this week. It was Friday. He ain't showing. Well, now he show up on Friday. It's Thursday he'll miss, right? Or Wednesday. So he going to move it around. But for certain (laughs) people, the way they run their business, they, you know, and that's fine to me, you know. It's not about how much money I make. It's the process that I go through. So if all my trades hate me, that's taken away from part of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. My guys, they want me to come on site. Oh, what's up, FA? What's up? Mm-hmm. Like, we have a relationship. I know these dudes. I know their kids. I speak their language. We eat the same food. So he eating pupusas. I'm eating pupusas with Milton, too. I know where to get them that taste better than the place he go to. <laughs> <laughs> we eating tostadas. I know a place harder than yours. I know a food truck that's colder than yours. Watch. And I show up to the site. Now, tell me mine better. Yeah, man, you got <laughs> <laughs> there, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That means something to me, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know what you're I'm saying? That's not a dollar it. amount. Me, you know, one of my guys that work with me wanted $150 a day to work. I said, I'm going to pay you 200 now, yeah, I could have paid him 150 but again, he got a wife just like I got a wife. He got sons, too. You know what I'm saying? Plus, you over-deliver, yeah. you get a little bit more out of it. But this is the same guy that's going to miss one day a week. But he's going to do his work. First time he met my wife, you know, first thing he said? Told her that story. When I met your husband, I told him this is what I wanted to make. Man, he's a great guy. I appreciate him. When someone was rocking his uh, marital situation... I'm about speaking at that event where I bought the $50 deal and all that stuff happened. I'm speaking at that event. He called me. I answered. He called me to talk to him about a marital situation. I told him two things. A week later, he said, man, you was right. 
See, I'm not a transaction to him. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? He rocks with me. We like this. If I call him right now and say, bro, I need you right now, guess what he going to do? He going to move. See, my strategy for why I get a lot of deals from investors, they send you the deal. It's 100000 He going to make thirty. You count the thirty, or you ain't even count the thirty, but you want it at ninety five. I'm going to ask him, hey, what number I need to give you the warm and fuzzies? I need 100, T. Bet. Because, see, if I can make nine times out of ten, I'm not going to lose money on a deal behind five grand. If I was, it was the wrong deal in the first place. Mm. So why not let him eat? Now, guess what? It's another deal that's way sweeter than that one. You never get the call. Why? Because you're going to talk him down on number. Guess what T going to do? Make sure he's taken care of. So I get deals other people don't see. And you can have way more money than me. But why he not going to call you? Because you're going to flex with the money. Yeah. You're going to use your money. You know that he got $5 million in his pocket. But that you can't eat off the five. So he's going to use that five to squeeze. Well, I'm paying all cash. I'm going to close in two days. Let me give you $15,000 less. Keep your fifteen and give me 45 days, playboy. Bet, Ty. Sign the deal. See, that's yeah, the yeah. difference. I want you to eat with me. That makes sense. People ain't willing for that. That, that makes sense. They don't want to do that. You know what I'm saying? So I have wholesalers that send me to meet the client. They got the lead. Hey, so-and-so came in at this address. I go meet the lead and negotiate the cut. I say, how much you need to make on it, dog? Okay, you need 20 on this one. Okay, I give them the price that allows them to make their 20. I'm paying a 20. Why yeah. I ain't trying to get it to the 10? But see, I'm going to get the deal. You ain't going to ever even see the deal. But you get to walk in and really, you the developer. Like you, it's you, in you my hood. Yeah. I probably know the person. or know they cousin or they nephew. That's all I want to make a quick little segue from something that you had sure. mentioned in there. You were talking about like some of the people that you deal with and especially that one guy that you deal with and you like, I who you going to find with 30 years of experience that does what he does, right? right. Can you talk about, and I've seen you talk about it also on Twitter a few different <laughs> times. Can you talk about the current landscape for trades sure. and how it can be an opportunity for some people, like especially some of the youth, <laughs> yeah, to get into it and like potentially run up a bag on some non-sexy jobs, but they out there and they making that bag. You know, this is why it's important for our culture because everybody's not going to go to college. And even if you do, we're saying now that that doesn't guarantee you anything. Facts. The reality Facts. of the matter is, you know, I have a mentor right now who has a, Tremendous career, makes pretty good money, you know, maybe 130, 140 grand. And my biggest thing I'm working on him is getting his mindset right. Because, mm. see, I'm so-and-so in my job and career. I got all these accolades and this, that, and the third. So you're talking to the dude with paint on his jeans and a ragged truck. Mm-hmm. And you thinking that you got mm-hmm. it. Meanwhile, this guy know I got a boat that costs what you make annually. But, see, you don't see Jose on Sunday at the lake. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? You ain't never been to it. I rolled up on my landscaper at the auction. Now, when he come to the house, the trailer look like it's falling apart. I see him at the auction. He got big infinity. I meet my electrician one day at the gas station to pay him because I couldn't meet him in time. He pull up in the Porsche truck. Now, he driving a $1,500 Ford Ranger Monday through Friday. I know he doing bad based on how he look. Mm -hmm. So, with our trades, there's an image problem. Mm -hmm. We're quantifying a person based on how they look on Monday through Friday. But you ain't follow them at home and see that they wife don't work. They're with all the kids and this, that, and the third. And, you know, right now, you know, trades, low-paying trades are doing six figures. Like, as a framer, the average framer in Houston that's working for somebody, a framer's probably making $300 to $400 a day. A pretty good framer. And the helpers, the guys that just pick up wood, make $250 a day. Shit. We're not going to talk about the electrician. 
Now, when we start getting into the license yeah. trade, so yeah. like painting, framing, and stuff like that doesn't require a license. Mm-hmm. When you start getting into plumbing and electrical, oh my gosh. Oh, I know. Like that the bag make. is crazy. So, you know, we need to start having more of these conversations with our teenagers, uh, middle school. And middle school is when everybody starts getting cool. Well, not mm-hmm. even cool in elementary, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But in middle school and high school is where we got to start exposing them. So we've just been, you know, through everything we do, we try and incorporate ways to, you know, we volunteer at schools and stuff like that. And now we've moved it. So I set up a company that will be best served as a nonprofit. So we're transitioning it to be that. But it's going to focus on getting more of our youth into the trades and start to offer opportunities to partner with investors and developers who need the work. We need more labor. Like we won't be able to solve the housing crisis or affordable housing crisis as a stand. America's mm-hmm. short about 8 million houses. You know, there are less than 300,000 houses on the market all throughout the U.S. right now. Mm-hmm. Compare that to early 2020, it was 700,000. So Jeez. when people say they're waiting on a crash, I'm like, okay, keep waiting. There's not enough inventory to crash. Mm. You follow me? Part of that is because most of your skilled trades are older and retiring off. Mm -hmm. So we have an issue where we don't have enough people to build the houses. Then we have the exacerbating costs. So I say all that to show you how lucrative trades will be as long as people need a place to stay. I could definitely believe that. I work in the oil field and it's the same problem. You having where these guys that's been in the oil field for 20, 30 years, they're retiring. Mm-hmm. Now you're trying to find their sons or their cousins or, you, <laughs> or are you related to him right. to see maybe, hey, I got to find this person that has this experience because now all the people that did have the experience, they're retired now. Exactly. So it's a definitely a huge opportunity to find those skills and find those trades that you can get licensed in and you can make bank for another 20 years. Right. I mean, the service sector will be huge. And when you look at what's happening, like this is an Airbnb. So think about the service side of the maid side. Somebody has to clean a place like this mm-hmm. every time. Now, that's not necessarily a trade, but just within the service sector right. because trades are within the service sector. Then any kind of maintenance things, like one of the things I'm setting up now as an ancillary business to what we're doing with Airbnb is a service-based company. Because the other metric is people want to live and have the maximum amount of convenience. So that's why people don't have cars, because I can rent one versus owning one. And so I want to outsource the maintenance of my home and things of this nature. So there's so many opportunities. So that's key because once you like carpentry and stuff like that is fairly easy. HVAC is probably the next easiest one. Home inspection is relatively easy to get in as well. Once you get into electrical and plumbing, it takes years to get that designation. So mm-hmm. yes, they're very lucrative. You know, so if you got a kid who's graduated from High school at 18, okay, by 25, 26, you got to, you know, you're a master plumber, like, you set for life. Yeah, yeah. Like, literally. I run a business. Shit. I mean, man, I know of master electricians and plumbers that do zero work, but they've trained a group of guys. And so they may have six to 10 guys that actually do the work, and they charge them four or 500 bucks per permit that they pull. So each one of these guys are doing all the work and all they're doing is they show up on the site maybe to check the work, but the per- it's permit. It's a so permit. It's a license. I mean, literally, they did the hard work to get the license and now it's just printing money. We got a division at my company that I work for. We have a division, electrical division. The, ma- <laughs> the person that owns the master license, right? he don't do nothing. Hmm. He makes, I know, well over six figures and he doesn't do a thing, but he has the master license. Yeah. So it's a lot of money, and when you get these trades, well, and they must just call them in when some shit really go wrong. Or well, I mean, like his this. name is on the line. Of course, you know, I mean, you have the master right. license, so everything falls on you. Mm-hmm. But 
Do you have to do anything? You don't have to do a thing. And see, it's not an ambiguous thing. I mean, it's very clear and defined, like with electrical, like, or plumbing, like these are clearly defined things. So, and there are other people that check it as well. So Mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, either the light come on or it don't, you know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? So it's something that's real emphatic. So that's what also lends to the ease of being able to automate or take yourself out of the action side of it. But yeah, trades are a tremendous opportunity for those of us that hadn't figured out our career path or looking for a career path. And or you want to be a part of the real estate industry. And the beautiful thing about real estate is it's a dynamic industry. So how you start in it today doesn't have any impact on where you will go in it. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? My guy who does our flooring, he loves horses. So flooring in our old regular houses contributes to his vision of being able to have these horses. He also got, I think, 12 properties. Free and clear. Sheesh. Exactly. So he didn't allow flooring to be his lid. That wasn't mm-hmm, his ceiling. Right. That was just the entrance to the bread. Once I got mm-hmm. this bread, now I'm finna go I'm make it grow. It Man, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for highlighting that. I you just go. got one question further with the trades because we say that's not the sexy thing. So how do we get our younger people into those trades? Sure. Well, one, you guys asking these questions that brings it to light and having a podcast like this and us continuing to, you know, champion the message. You know, it exposures everything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Exposures everything. And so what we do to try and enhance or get more people is have more of these conversations and literally talk to the kids in their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like there are times when a kid will walk up on a job site, start asking questions. It's happened. You know what I'm saying? And so another thing we're going to do that's more strategic and intentional, though, is we're going to start having these events that are designed for people to bring their kids. And, okay, like, well, this is what I do with my son and some of his buddies that hoop with him. Like, okay, I paid them to come do demo. And now they get to, well, this yeah, one is to make money, but it's exposed cool. them to yeah, it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Oh, okay, you could, you know, this is what I did. We bought this lot. I show them the plans. They're like, oh, really? So this is what you do? So all of us, with all the collective things that we do, one of the things that we can help is always think about what kid could I expose mm-hmm. that ride with me one day to see what I do. So, And I think it's important that you invest in the hood. So yeah. it's your people. It's right. your people, your neighborhood. You don't mind helping out in the neighborhood. Nah, man. And that make that difference too. Like when you're showing that kid or explaining to them the value of these different things or where they might be able to find an opportunity, y'all riding around and I'm showing like, yeah, that's my house. Right. Like, that's my house too. And they're like, wait, hold on, oh, wait, what? Or right. I did work on that one or my company, you know, did right. that one. You know, like that impacts them, especially it's like, wait, hold up. Right. And these are houses in our hood, right. you know what I'm saying? But it's like, I really, I admire that and I definitely wanted to highlight that just as far as that talk about the trades because I feel like a lot of the problem is what you said as far as exposure. Like, I wasn't told in school coming up, not that I even would have chose to do it, but nobody right. explained to me that as an electrician, I could be making what a doctor makes. Right. Like, don't nobody break right. that down. No, they exactly. always, they, they always, for a quarter of the debt, for a quarter of the school time, right. like for those kids. And, and, and I hate it. I really you know? irritate. And really, you ain't going to have no debt because wherever you're working while you're on the way as an apprentice, you're, you're making money. They, yeah, they send you to school yeah. for free, though. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. man, listen, <laughs> and let me just highlight this as well, because I had an experience with one of my little nieces and it blew me away. So, you know, we're talking, I hadn't seen her in a while. And I was, you know, I always ask, you know, I kind of gouge my family. So you finna have, we're going to have a look, what I call a come to Jesus conversation. Let me see what's going on. What's happening in your life? Like what you're trying to do? You know, what's going on with your grades? Pull up your profile on social. Let me see what's cracking. You know what I mean? So Uncle Ty going to always, we going to mm-hmm. go there. And so we're talking career. And I was like, hey, so, you know, what you want to do? Now, she's a sixth grader. She said, yeah. I want to be an architect. The whole world stopped for me. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, the whole world stopped. Blew me away. Like, 
we went from family reunion style to I took out to the you know luckily I was in my truck so I pulled out plans we we're going to plan I took the center some home bought her a book on it and so there's a guy that used to hold an event for kids to teach them real estate investing so we started doing that but now I'm gonna do one that's gonna focus on the trade Very side nice. of it and not just the trades but architects engineers mm -hmm. see we don't when's the last time somebody told you there's going to be a surveyor an appraiser Man, you know, a home inspector. All these people eating. Yeah, they making bread. The surveyors right now. The surveys. We used to pay four hundred dollars for a survey on a house like this. It's about seven fifty right now. Mm -hmm. And that shit don't take but what, like four five hours from the. Let day? me show you what a sur. Well, I'm a. It's an oversimplification. But what a surveyor is gonna do is pull up a plan of the city of your neighborhood and look at where the house is. Then they're gonna have to do a site visit, and they're looking for four rods in the ground. Based on land, like there's a rod in the ground that marks where it is. It's a steel rod in the ground. That's why you see the little pink flag. Mm -hmm. So they find that steel rod. Okay, here, 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 750. They do four or five of those in a day <laughs> times five. I'm about to go because no, <laughs> no, for real. That's a bad. Like, man. man, come on, bro. There's so many opportunities. So we're going to be doing more events to you know, locally and sponsor some of the tour dates. And, and you know, we, I mean, we really got to get this message this out to yeah, uh, sure. more of our youth. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> nah, crazy. for real, that's the, like, that be the main problem. It'd be like, those kids hadn't heard of that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, and then if you have heard about it, like, and I will put this uh, swapping and putting some of the pressure back on us as the black community. Like anytime you have heard about it, it's like, oh, go to school so you don't have to do X. Or go so Man. you don't have to work as hard as me while I do X. Like my grandfather, just using him for an example, I talked about him a couple of different times on the podcast, was the inspiration for me to even get started in investing in real estate and all of this stuff. His dad was a carpenter. My grandfather knew how to build hella shit. Wow. I don't know how to do a damn thing. He right. didn't show me none of it because his whole thing was, oh, and nothing against him, but that. I don't want you to have to do that. Right. I want you to go and get an education so you can learn it a different way. And it's like, although that is great, although that works, at the same time, we still have to keep that value of the trades and those yeah, different an things option. in our, it is an it's an option. option. And like to keep those options open for the kids and know the value of that too. Cause like all these people retiring, like you said, now they looking for his brother, yeah. his cousin, <laughs> right. his whoever to try to see, do anybody right. in the family else know how to yeah. build houses? Shout out to my boy, Chris Senegal. One thing he talked about, just buying real estate isn't just generational wealth. And I was so glad when I first heard him espouse that because here's the thing. You have to have some type of succession plan. Mm -hmm. And what we lack in our community, or in not just our community, there are other communities that are affected by this as well. If you start studying what's happening with businesses, but specifically in our communities, someone will go out and create something and there's no succession plan set up for somebody else to take over it. And part of that lies in, which some Ian talked about too, is you got to balance your life. Like, okay, you can't be so focused on making the money that now everyone that you said you're making the money for don't want nothing mm -hmm. to do with what made the money. Mm -hmm. You follow me? So we have a situation where there's an image thing we need to be conscious of. So while you're out there chasing the bag, you know, start leveraging ways that are going to attract the bag so that now you can spend more time with the people that you want the bag for. There's a reason why we want the bag. Mm -hmm. So who does that impact the most? Well, that's the, your family, your friends, and those people who are around you and the people that are invested in your success. So there's two sides to that coin. So yes, we got to go out there and get certain things, but then we got to be mindful of how that us getting those things impacts those people. 
And then we got to be conscious enough to figure out ways to make it more attractive. So I figured my son doesn't want to be a builder mm. or develop, but he loves creating. So he loves design and he loves the concept of residual income. So his thing is <laughs> I'm just on uh, apartment complexes. Right. Okay. Well, I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. And so what I understand is now, so his individual expression is going to be that, but he also understands he's the VP of operations of Houston Vintage Homes. Mm-hmm. He has a title for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And so he will, regardless of what he don't want to do, he's going to fulfill that role. You follow me? And so, and he will understand that if I were not to be here, all of a sudden you're going to make sure that still grows. Now you got this other stuff you're going to do too. That's cool. So I don't need him to be me. I just need him to make sure that what we've created carries on. So those are some of the things we got to do once we start creating stuff is create a real plan so that it really does become generational wealth versus, yeah, we made money. We had an okay house, but I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. No. That's dope. And he don't have to be me. He just has to carry it on. I like that. That's key. You don't want, or we're all individuals. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So you got to allow everyone their individual expression. He has a different calling on his life. I like that. But that's building a legacy. That's what generational wealth is, creating opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, for sure, man. For sure. For sure. It has to perpetuate beyond you. You I mean, your life was a waste. Like what you accomplished. If everything you embody died whenever breath is no longer in your body, then... What did you what really did you create while you were here? here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Thing. That's deep. Man. <laughs> hey, Tyrod. Whew, that was deep. Man. So, y'all had any other questions y'all want no, to hop in? But I'm going to ask you my favorite question. <laughs> what is a personal finance tip or principle that you live by that you'd like to share with the people? You cannot give the giver. Break that down. There will be settings where people say, you know, oh, man, well, like giving ideas or concepts or something. Mm-hmm. And I had a buddy say, man, mm-hmm. you shouldn't say that. Somebody else is going to take your idea and run. Right. He probably, well, first, most people aren't going to do anything with idea. Nope. That's mm-hmm. number one. But the reality of the matter is who came up with the idea. So I come up with another one. You know, I understand that there's like, your potential is what you're capable of doing that you haven't done yet. Everything I've done isn't my potential because I've already done it. So it's what I haven't done where there's the most opportunity. So... Hmm. When I say you can't outgive the giver, most of us don't give or give to the degree that we like we hold back certain things because in our mind, that's gonna cause lack. But when you understand you cannot give the giver, you can't give out of lack, right? Because if you don't have nothing to give, then you can't. So you're not being able to outgive the giver means you'll always have more than enough because you're always giving. So it's really just a sowing and reaping principle, man. So it's just something I live by. I just want to sow good. You know what I'm saying? I want to sow good in the people. I used to profess that I would be a vessel of good in people's lives. So, you know, that's just one of my mantras I live by. I like that. Yeah. I like that, though. Yeah. So, Tyron, let them know where they can follow you, keep up with you, if they might want to buy a house that you develop or something, any of that. Sure, most certainly. I spend most of my time on social media-wise on Instagram. So you look up Houston Vintage Homes on Instagram. That's my uh, business page. And then Tyron McDaniel, the urban CEO on Twitter. I'm on Twitter a pretty decent amount. Those are two best, well, the two best places to find me. Yes, you do be dropping gems on Twitter. <laughs> what I love about Twitter, man, to me, there's a couple things I love about Twitter. One, Twitter is where all the nerds go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you should go and have engaging conversations. You're not going to have that same conversation on Instagram Facts. or TikTok. No, you know, and the other thing I love with Twitter if you take enough time to understand people, Twitter is like you being able to network and get into them country clubs and them other places that we historically weren't oh, privy man. to. 
Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so again, it's a savvy tool for networking. You know, you can get to the CEOs of companies just by being on Twitter because they're they're engaging. They jumping mm-hmm. in spaces yeah. and everything. Yep. So it's an underutilized tool, in my opinion. I mean, there's black Twitter and stuff like that, but trust me, like there's Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> money Twitter. Hey. But nah, so so yeah, y'all hop on Twitter. <laughs> nah, for real, for sure, for sure. One big segment I'm a huge fan of. I love the tech Twitter space. And like I'm not in tech at all. Like I man, look, I had my try at trying to learn how to code, and that ain't for Jared. But it ain't me. But like I love how they work together and how like they're really genuinely trying to help each other. Like there's a chick on there. I can't. I might butcher her name. Yeah, and her name like Kanish Tolliver or something like that. I can't remember. Like I don't want to butcher her name, but like. She hops on and she does spaces about tech like consistently. She advertises them and they're like they're purpose based. So like you'll come in and one might be about how y'all building resumes and like, you know, what different resume building tips. And she got different speakers coming on, you know, from different places, maybe somebody working HR or something like that. But it's like they're doing the necessary work to help people get into that field. And I really that's one of the first spaces that I've seen other than like us is like kind of entrepreneur you know black entrepreneur portion where they like they just really want to see other black people win like that's genuinely the whole intent that's why i'm a big fan of railroad hey for real like so (laughs) y'all go check out all the black tech twitter is the hashtag if y'all go check them out like for real and uh, just all the the twitter spaces and stuff they be throwing it's real shout out to them dog sir well tyron brother i want to say thank you again yes sir thank you for real appreciate you I still got to get that good. game of dominoes now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm in there. I'm in there. Hey, huh? I had the bones. You know, you know, it's it's like I left them in the man. I want y'all telling my city leader, Wait, what? Yeah, I ain't told you. I got a set of like BWR colored dominoes, son. Who gave you that? Amber and people. Oh, that's all. He ain't told us nothing, man. Yeah. I was supposed to bring a week. I could have whooped y'all ass today, right. but it's all good. You was gonna get that work. We know that was about. <laughs> but nah, man. Thanks again, Tyrod, man. Appreciate you, man. We're going to go ahead and wrap this up with some few house cleaning items. Yes, As always, everybody, y'all make sure that y'all leave that five star rating it. and review. Get water. Y'all know we need that. Y'all give us that five stars. We're going to continue to push out this message. It's going to help us grow. But y'all buy our products. I done told y'all once, I'm going to tell you twice. We got books, courses, merch, all that. It can all be found at blackwealthrenaissance.com or bwracademy.com. Boom, bam. That easy. Bing, bong. (laughs) (laughs) What's that? This y'all, y'all buy our stuff. Bing bong. <laughs> y'all fire off in the algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to play this stuff. But yeah, Jared Kelly, y'all got anything, man? Hey, man, like they said, go to BWR Academy, man. We got a lot of stuff we brewing up in there. You can learn about retirement accounts. You can learn about crypto. You can learn about real estate. You can learn about insurance. We got professionals coming teach classes. So, and they got accountability coaches Yeah, get that there. smack in your face. Yeah, get be get your mind right. right. It ain't going to be nice. I promise you. It ain't going to be nice. But it's going to be the real. So, go ahead and subscribe and purchase. And you'll become a student in the BWR Academy. Yeah. One last thing. Real quick shout out. I wanted to give a shout out to our brother, man. Andre Shout out Haynes. to Andre. Renaissance125, man. It's five steps to getting your shit together. We recently released the episode with him. Y'all make sure y'all cop his book too, man. Shout out to my brother. It was his birthday this weekend. While we was out here in the H. But... Yeah, man. I got one more thing. Before we peace out, 
Hey man, wouldn't it be great if this episode had just been sponsored by you and your company? I'm saying, you know saying? if you so, got a company and you didn't get sponsored, we didn't become a sponsor. Like, come on, man, what you doing? What are you doing? So, like, if you got a company and it's gonna fit with the message that we talk about, if it's gonna fit with the people that we have for our audience and for the products that we give, then you need to be reaching out to us. You need to be clicking the link in the description notes so that you can get your company and your brand, your platform, whatever you have that extra boost that extra marketing and that sponsorship by sponsoring the black wolf renaissance podcast yes so y'all check us out all right be looking for the show notes on that it's gonna be a link i need y'all to fill that out all right appreciate you yes sir shit on that note this is black author renaissance signing out Peace. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathon. It's harder than ever to find clothes that will stand the test of time. But if you're looking for pieces designed to last, you can't go wrong with American Giant. From hoodies and t-shirts to denim and more, they've got everything you need to build a wardrobe that you'll be proud of for years to come. Shop wardrobe essentials that last a lifetime at American-Giant.com and use LT23 to get 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order, American-Giant.com, code LT23. Science proves quality sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. The Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed senses your movements and automatically adjusts to help keep you both effortlessly comfortable. And it's temperature balancing, so you stay cool. So you're at your best for yourself and those you care about most. Life-changing sleep, only from Sleep Number. It's our ultimate Sleep Number event. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing, ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.